in the Civil Rights Act of 1968, America does move forward. And the bell of freedom rings out a little louder. Hi there, this is A Little Louder, a podcast for wonks, housers, and rabble-rousers, where we talk about fair housing, community development, and how we can use these issues to build people power and work toward equity and justice. I'm Christina Rosales. And I'm John Henneberger. And we are at episode 20. Building people power. One score. One score and a podcast to go. (laughs) Today, we are talking to our fellow Hauser, Caleb Roberts, who works as our Northwest Texas co-director. We're also talking to a uh, paralegal from Legal Aid of Northwest Texas and a resident of Butler Place, which is a public housing complex in Fort Worth. And today we're talking about something totally radical. The HUD-RAD program. And what does RAD stand for? Rental Assistance Demonstration Project. There you go. Yeah, thank you. The RAD program is an Obama-era program. It started in 2012, and it was intended to revitalize public housing. It was a um, a way of HUD getting out of actually having to pony up the money to fix up and maintain public housing the way it should have done, and instead shift that burden off onto the private development community. And public housing authorities were encouraged to enter into agreements with for-profit developers to redevelop what was formerly exclusively government-owned public housing. Which is no surprise that it got completely bipartisan support, even in the new administration. When it began, there were about 60,000 units a part of the program. Today, in 2019, there are 455,000 units a part of the program. So it's not a demonstration anymore. It's like a wholesale overhaul. And while it may have bipartisan support, this old Hauser still thinks that there's a role for the government to actually provide social housing and to provide the funding to maintain it and to build it. But unfortunately, that is not the trend that um, the bipartisan consensus has yielded. So RAD is the wave of today. Yeah. So today... Nearly a 1,000 public housing projects have gone through RAD conversion, and they are now privately held apartment projects. That means there are more than 100,000 housing units taken out of public control. This means that HUD and federal government then are less accountable for the quality uh, and management of these apartments. I'm Caleb Roberts, Northwest Texas co-director for uh, Texas Housers. RAD is supposed to be a program that allows public housing entities to, uh, you know, demolish and get rid of public housing and become more like a private developer to allow residents to move into other areas, um, hopefully into areas of high opportunities with good jobs and uh, education, schools around. Um, so what RAD is supposed to do is guarantee residents of public housing the ability to move into these areas of high opportunity, 
without pushing them out. It's supposed to be a gradual process. Uh, RAD is a conversion that is two years for each resident um, where they move to another place. And these places are, you know, mixed income, uh, allowing uh, public housing residents to uh, integrate with people of all different classes that are supposed to you know, help them and move them into areas where uh, their families can grow and develop better than they believe in the areas that they are in in public housing. Um, so the idea is to give them a better chance in areas of high opportunity. My name is Guillermo Gomez, and uh, I work at Legal Aid of Northwest Texas as a paralegal. We've been doing a lot of work at Butler Place trying to educate the residents about the RAD process and just trying to help out where we can with um, identifying resources and making sure people know what's going on. Guillermo, tell us a little bit about Butler Place. Where is it in Fort Worth, and what is it like? Butler Place is one of the two remaining public housing projects in the city of Fort Worth. It's pretty centrally located right next to downtown. Uh, I believe it's the first public housing established in Fort Worth in the 1950s. So it's pretty old now, which is one of the reasons why it's going through the RAD process. Uh, There were 412 units at the public housing project. And so it's one of the bigger ones. And it's an interesting location because it's kind of surrounded by the crossing of three different freeways, um, I-35, I-20, and 287. Um, So it's a bit isolated from the rest of the town, and not a lot of resources are put into it. My name is Deborah Anderson. I live in Fort Worth, in the Butler community. When I first moved here, I was, to be honest with you, I was a little nervous about moving over here because I wasn't sure. I hadn't heard anything good about this place. But then once I moved over here and got used to the surrounding, more or less. Tell me about the process of the RAD conversion the Butler community? The process is not going very fast at all. I mean, there have been some people that have moved out. There are some people, some of us are still here, but I think we're the last of the people to move. And I haven't heard anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even on a list. <laughs> you know, um, I have been to meetings and stuff, you know, a couple of meetings, one at the uh, a board meeting and up at the main office at the admin building. But we really didn't come out with anything. They're moving, but not moving fast enough. They're moving very, very, very slow. There's children here that has to go to school. You know, um, there's families here that have children who are also in the the position where they're supposed to be moving, but they're not moving. Okay, they already got places chosen and stuff like that, but the move has come to a standstill. Even the people that has been chosen for this last move, they're still here. They they don't know they don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going to happen. We don't get notices. We don't get calls. We're not ever informed of what's going on, unless of course it's something at the very last minute. Caleb, you have been working with residents over the last couple of years in, in this in this process. Uh, you and, and Guillermo have held meetings at Butler and, and tried to educate people about what they can expect and what their rights are. 
So what are some of the, the issues that you've confronted in this, in this process and have, have heard from residents? I think in working with people like Ms. Delbra, the hardest thing is to explain what this process is. It's not an easy process to explain to even someone who's been in the field for many, many years. And to try to tell a resident how their life is going to be dictated by someone else with this really complicated process is extremely difficult. Uh, public housing entities aren't the best at disclosing and writing down documents for people to read, to know what's going on. So a lot of it's hearsay. Uh, one resident heard that they were doing the process like this, and they tell a group of residents. Another resident heard at another meeting it was done like this, and there's no uniformity to it. So our job, and uh, for me and Guillermo, is to try to you know, go through the mess and get right down to what they need to know. And it's very difficult because some residents have been put off by the many different accounts of information that they've been given or the fact that they don't have ownership of the process. It's not something that they control. They're being told, well, you can't live here. You did get picked for this other place, and so this is where you're going to be living. And it just seems very um, out of their control. And what we're dealing with residents now with the maintenance and how they're going to be taken care of. So, you know, our biggest effort is to try to get the information correct in this very complicated and convoluted policy and then try to give it to residents where they feel like they have some ownership of the process and that they're able to speak to uh, the housing authority and demand what they need. demonstration project was designed so that residents had uh, guidance and constant communication and collaboration with the housing authority. Ms. Delbra, will you talk about whether you've been able to collaborate with, uh, with the Fort Worth Housing Authority, Fort Worth Housing Solutions? Uh, nothing has been collaborated with me as far as the uh, forces program. Um, they promised that, that uh, they wanted us to have, you know, one of the reasons for the move is so that we could have the amenities that the majority of the apartments have in the dishwasher, uh, you know, uh, laundry. Those are the things that they were supposedly trying to help us, help us in our move to the next place, wherever that place is, whenever we're chosen from the lottery system. You haven't experienced a lot of connection with the, the people leading this process. No, I, I have not. They have they've shown up once or twice, but it's one of these quick meetings. Do you know where you're going and when you're going to go, when you're going to move? Uh, as far as I know, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> no one has contacted me about anything. They Originally, they said uh, the move would take place, like, in 2018. They hope to have everybody out that... That's not possible because, of, again, we have elderly people here. We got people with young children. We got uh, uh, disabled people. So it's been it's going on two years now, basically. So the next thing, as far as I know, people won't really be moving until sometime maybe in January or February. Mm -hmm. I don't really see that happening with people with children because you can't just uproot children out of school 
to move somewhere and not really know how that situation is. Have you been uh, given some choices about where to move or options? Not anymore. They used, they at one point they were sending the sites these uh, the places to us through the mail, but that hasn't taken place in a few months now. We haven't heard anything. That's why I said I guess I'm not sure where I'm going to go because I don't have a place. I haven't chosen a place. They haven't sent me any information about other places, uh, my options. Or any of that. When you talk with your neighbors uh, and the other people who are still at Butler, what do, what do folks say about the process and what's going on? They're uh, they don't like it. They're upset about it because it's taken so long. A, a lot of people are upset about it because, and they've been here longer than I have. They want to know what's going on. When is when are they going to move? We don't have any information of what's going to happen next. Guillermo, um, can you talk about some of the the issues that residents have been asking you about and, and asking for legal aids help with? Initially, the questions that we were receiving was about the process itself, how to enter a lottery, and information about the different locations. I don't remember the frequency of the lotteries, but RAD was administered through a lottery system, so every... So often they would send out a mailer like Ms. Delbro referenced um, to a location that was opening up in the lottery. So if you wanted to apply for this location, you would send your application and then you would hear back if you were selected for that place. And then once there was a unit available in that property, then you might be selected or you might not. So initially people had questions about these locations because they weren't receiving much information about them other than the unit sizes and the location. And so initially a lot of our education was talking about the locations where they were at, what the quality of schools were, what the nearby clinics or hospitals were, are there any grocery stores nearby, is it on a bus line? Um, Just an idea so that people can picture their lives in that location. And that could help inform that decision as to whether or not to enter the lottery. Um, Recently, that hasn't been a question that people have asked us just because, as referenced earlier, I think it's been since June or July since the last lottery came out. So now it's turned more towards maintenance issues like Ms. Delba has mentioned. And... Just finding a way to make sure that management is more accountable because you would think that after more than 50% of the entire property has been moved out that it would be easier to comply with all of the work requests that go put out. Um, but it seems that that hasn't been the case. But those are some of the questions that we get. And just trying to have us interact with the housing authority because it seems like residents aren't getting information directly from the housing authority. So any sort of questions like these that they aren't receiving information about, they try to have us ask those questions to to management to see if we can get an answer about those. What options did the housing authority give the tenants of Butler? Did they offer them housing choice vouchers so they could just go out and find their own place? I understand 
Fort Worth Housing Solutions, the housing authority, actually owns a number of apartment developments in the Fort Worth area that are not public housing. And those are the those are the units that they've been conducting a lottery for. Is that correct? Yes. And you're talking about the different options for moving. So most of the residents are moving out through that uh, mentioned process of entering the lottery to relocate to an apartment complex owned by Fort Worth Housing Solutions. That's where most of the residents are going. We have also been told that some of the residents have been moving through housing choice vouchers. I guess they were already on that waiting list for some time. So rather than go through the lottery process and have to wait on that, once they got selected for a housing choice voucher, they chose that option. Through RAD, that wasn't an option for most of the residents who had not already been engaged in that process and put on a wait list. I think most of them are hoping to move out through the lottery system or just move out on their own if they don't want to move to one of these locations owned by Fort Worth Housing Solutions. So let me ask Caleb a question. Caleb, the... um you know, in most of our interactions with public housing residents and with HUD-assisted housing residents, people generally seem to prefer a housing choice voucher so they can just go out and rent an apartment from a private landlord. But using a Section 8 housing choice voucher is something of a challenge in Fort Worth. Could you help us understand that? Fort Worth notoriously is terrible at uh, vouchers. According to an Urban Institute report published in 2018, Fort Worth was the worst place to use a voucher uh, because of source of income discrimination um, that allows landlords to deny uh, residents uh, apartment units just because they're using a voucher. So that's a significant problem here in Texas. Uh, so that causes trouble for residents here in Fort Worth using a voucher. So RAD does provide them with some guarantees, you know, even though the process is very difficult for them, there is some trade-offs there with some guarantee in a market that is just not easy for to find housing. 78% of landlords won't even engage with residents who have a voucher. Uh, so that's a significant barrier for people who who want to live where they want to live and want agency over uh, uh, where they're they and their families get to stay. Well, when Congress, uh, when HUD created the RAD program, they told Congress that what this program was going to do was be able to improve the quality of the apartments uh, that public housing residents lived in and give the public housing residents an opportunity to choose where to live, not to have to be um, located in a public housing development, but to be able to use a voucher or other methods to be able to move to a place where it was good for their family to move. But it sounds like the way this is playing out on the ground in Fort Worth, those options aren't really there because the the vouchers don't work to be able to rent private apartments, and you've got to get on a lottery in order to be able to maybe get into one of the other Fort Worth Housing Solutions apartment projects. And I guess they were told by HUD that they had to do a lottery. And so what the lottery says is, if I find a, a place that feels good for me, it's by my job, I have family over there, I really feel like I can make community in that place that I'm looking at. It's all a chance, you know? 
So if I don't get that place and I'm stuck with, you know, going far north or far south and, and even in Miss Delbert's position right now where she doesn't know where she's going to live, she has to take whatever is left in terms of the lottery system. When she does get a new uh, letter from Fort Worth Housing Solutions saying we have new places available, does she really have the ability to say, okay, I don't want that one. I'll wait for the next one. When she doesn't know when that's going to come. Mm-hmm. These are very big decisions for families. And the, the perception of choice is just that, a perception, because they really have to make major decisions not knowing what the full extent of their their choice is. So it's really a, a, a difficult thing. Caleb, you are the, the one of the experts at our organization on RAD conversion and, and working with community on on helping people get educated about what, what their options are. And you went to a, a conference in Washington, D.C. about this topic. So what... What is what is the main advice for for both residents and for housing authorities undergoing this process? I think the biggest thing that came out as a help for the work we're doing and anyone who has RAD going on in their area is communication is key with RAD. Communication, because residents need to be able to trust that whatever's happening, that someone has their interest at heart and will continually communicate with them. So Guillermo and I have tried to do that and be consistent with our with our group at Butler because just having that space for people to come vent, but also we work through some of these issues together is what really I learned from going to the Urban Institute meeting in October in D.C. was that residents were there and talking about we understand what HUD wants to do. Uh, we understand what the local public housing entity wants to do. But we should always have ownership of what's going on. Please come to us before you make a decision. Come to the residents and talk about their dreams and wishes for what's going on so that they can feel a part of it. Christina, it's easy to think about these problems and find fault with housing authorities. I think it's important that we have some perspective on the challenges that they they do face. Fort Worth Housing Solutions had these three apartment developments that were built in the 40s to the 50s. HUD never adequately provided funds for maintenance and modernization of these developments. And there's very few apartments out there in the private sector that date from the 1940s that haven't been substantially rebuilt or modernized, where people have continuously, families have continuously occupied those housing units over a period of time. There's a reason for that. Uh, There's a functional lifespan of the buildings themselves. And because of HUD's decisions to withhold funding and Congress's decisions to withhold funding, these apartments have just literally fallen apart. It doesn't excuse management problems and other things like that, but they are very difficult properties to adequately maintain. The The RAD program was supposed to be the best solution to the problem of the aging public housing stock that wasn't adequately funded and maintained. The jury's certainly out 
on as to whether that's the case. I mean, what we've heard today is that Fort Worth Housing Solutions is moving people from these old obsolete apartments to more modern apartments that they've got. But the jury's still out on, you know, whether they'll be able to maintain those or the real fundamental underlying problem, the lack of people's ability to choose where to live and to be able to pick up and move to a new landlord if the landlord isn't doing right by you is something that residents of public housing, be they in old public housing units or in these new RAD units, really don't have an opportunity to exercise those type of things. So the RAD was sort of oversold to Congress and the American people and to the residents, I think, by HUD as, as a solution. It's worked well in some places, but it still suffers from from a number of limitations. It's important to know that the places where it has worked and when where residents have felt the best about their situations under the RAD process are the cities that have hired a consultant to literally walk with residents and track residents throughout the entire process and and think thoroughly about engagement and education and and just how people are doing under the process. HUD and cities have to get this right because we are entrusting housing and people's lives to them and to this process. And what that means is that it's not just people's lives at stake, it's future investment in housing, in our housing stock, and in our housing system, and in the essential safety net. And when we do something as, as, with as big of an impact as the RAD program, we really do have to get it right because messing with these people's lives really makes the most vulnerable suffer the most. It's clear that the the housing system we have is inadequate. The housing safety net that our government has hollowed out uh, over over many years is inadequate. And what what public housing is is a roof over your head, which is a start. But as you said, John, vulnerable people, kids, families, elderly people, disabled, deserve so much more. That's our show, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Our music is by J.T. Herichmack. And John Henneberger and me, Christina Rosales, we are your hosts. Join us next time. Rate us and review us. It helps people find us. I'm still got my